Hey, Jack, what time is the game this weekend? Oh, I don't know. I don't have a watch. You don't, you say? I don't. I know where you can get one. That is at LaTerrain.com. They have some of the best watches out there. Really? Yeah, and if you put O-T-O-P in the discount code, you can get 10% off. 10%? Yeah. For a watch? Exactly. That's a lot of dough. L-A-T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E.com. That's LaTerrain.com. I'm Cole Tracy, former LSU kicker. You're listening to One Team, One Podcast. We showed you what the GOAT was last year when we beat y'all 50-7. to Relax, big boy. Team One Podcast? One Team One Podcast? Yeah, they did a good job. Mm-hmm. Really good job. Yeah. Why is he so fat? One Team One Podcast. One Team One Podcast. One Team One Podcast. All right, so we're back. We're back in. So we've been going to bogeys. We've been going to uh, golf tournaments. And now here we are back in the Courtesy Automotive Group studio. Very big show today. Um, We've got uh, Coach John Brady is going to come on with us in just a few minutes. We're going to call him up over the phone. And then we are going to have uh, one of my favorites of all time. Ben McDonald is going to come on the chat. Um, yeah, and he's going to he'll be on the live on the live stream. So you'll be able to see him talk and everything. Um, if you guys have any questions at all for John Brady or Ben McDonald, send them in the chat. We're going to we're going to upload the chat and we'll be uh, kind of mixing it up with you guys. If any questions you guys have with them, we have a few things that we want to talk to them about, obviously. So uh, we will get to all of those questions then. Um, I mean, the, the biggest thing right now, I think, for LSU is uh, basketball postseason coming up here. Right. So SEC coming up, NCAA tournament coming up. Uh, those are some things that I want to talk to coach about. Um, and then also like his thoughts on the tournament coming up. So, um, you're here. Is your microphone just not working? I don't know. I'm, I can't be talking closer to the mic though. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, Chris, you hear me now? I hear, I hear you. I mean, I see you. I'm not, I'm talking pretty loud for me. Jack is low, low. They said, Oh my gosh, Jack, what is going on with you? I know you turned a mic down the other day. No, you're all the way up, bro. I'm all the way up? Yep. Shout all out to Drake. Plug, plug, make sure it's plugged in. Tap it. You tapping it? Tap, tap it, tap. Yeah, I can hear that. Yeah, You need to just talk louder. Dude, I'm fucking screaming. <laughs> all right, you're just going to have to talk hey, about it. we can it. curse now. Okay, yeah, we can curse. Um, we're can not curse. at a high school we're golf tournament, so we can cuss now. Um, and we will tell, we'll tell John Brady that cause I don't know if John knows that we can cuss on this or not, but I don't want, I also don't want to like let him know that it's full force either. Um, he probably needs to be somewhat respectable. Um, so guys, get your questions into the chat. Um, SEC tournament coming up and that's really what I really want to talk to coach Brady about, uh, how he feels after the Missouri win going into this. Um, and I just, I just think that, um, I think they're in a really good place i think matching up with arkansas is the best thing for these guys too um so i kind of want to talk about that a little bit i know arkansas is hot as all get out but i've also seen lsu blow the blow the doors off of arkansas yeah. so I, I think the alabama matchup is the one we didn't want and we you know we would have to wait until we get to the 
Well, what I'm curious to know is so. Hey, I didn't want to be a four seed. You know? First, first time we played Ole Miss, we beat the hell out of them. First time we played Arkansas, we beat the hell out of them. And since those January, you better talk louder. Since those January games, yeah. Uh, both of those teams have gotten pretty hot since then. Okay. So uh, I'm definitely curious to know what he thinks about you know playing them later in the year. And granted, we played we played Arkansas recently, very recently. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I I think we've we had the scouting reports on everybody at this point, but I think it's more of okay, what you know, what's I don't know. It's at the end of the day, it's like which team's going to show up to play. So, uh, all right, we're going to get him on. I'm going to give him a call right now, and we will um, let's see if I can load him up. Jack, what else is on tap that we need to be talking about? What else is going on? Maybe you want to talk to either. Uh, John Brady or uh, Ben McDonald about? Well, obviously, we got to ask Ben about Dylan Cruz and his position in the lineup. Okay. Uh, we got to ask about, I don't know, I guess about the Oral Roberts series as mm-hmm. a whole and what that means. Oh, so if, bad. If, if, it, if it really is as bad as people say. <sighs> um, I don't know. Uh, I guess just ask. I, I, I'm going to ask him because I haven't been able to watch ver- our I'll be honest, I haven't watched any college baseball outside of LSU. Outside of LSU, that's so, right. So I'm going to ask him about, like, what's a, what else is going on in the SEC? What else? What do I not know about, basically? Okay. Um, other than that. All right, so we're giving him a call right now. Let's see if we can get him on. Hello. Coach, hey, coach. how are you? You live. Live mic, hot mic, coach. Man. <laughs> yeah, I, you guys, I like the way y'all operate. Give me a heads up on that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and you're not going to, um, you're, you're not. We're not going to ask you any more tack minor questions, so you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> well, I was prepared. Okay, good. So, um, I, we actually, we actually did have a question earlier today about Antonio Hudson, and we'll get to that in a second too about SEC tournament play. But, um, coach, we appreciate you joining us again, and I wanted to get you back on definitely before the the you know postseason play. So I'm glad you were able to to do this with us. But, um, you know, LSU coming off of the Missouri game, I, it was just such a, a huge game for their momentum, right? Like going into the tournament, uh, I just feel like they couldn't have had a better um, a better, I guess, uh, pivotal point going into this into this tournament play, wouldn't you say? I, I agree. You know, every every game during the course of the season takes on its own significance based on where it is and what's happened before and what's coming up. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought this particular game on the road at Missouri may have been the most important win of the season right? simply because it moved them up to a third-place finish. They stayed off playing Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it gave Will Wade's team a chance with a great attitude in terms of preparation and learning with the proper attitude and, and a lot of positive vibes around the team. Uh, so I just think it was such an important win to get. Uh, and, and leading into – uh, the SEC tournament. So uh, I think LSU is, is in good a shape. They won 11 SEC games. I, mean, I tell people all the time, you know, people got to get down on this team from time to time. Will Wade's had more success in his first four years than any coach to ever coach at LSU basketball. Now, right. granted, he took over a different set of circumstances that Dale Brown or I took over, mm-hmm. but still in all, you can't argue with the success that he's had. 
and and the the place that this team is in right now from a mental standpoint, I don't think it could be any better. Well, let's talk about the the situation that you you gave Trent Johnson, huh? You want to talk about that? <laughs> we won't do that. Um. Well, I got I have a I have an SEC ring uh, that Garrett Temple and Tasman Mitchell went to Coach Johnson. That's awesome. When they won the SEC and they wanted to give me a ring, and I do have an SEC championship ring because those top six players there were really guys that we left there in the yep. program. Yep, uh, it was a phenomenal team that year. I think we. Man, I, I I thought they could have beat North Carolina. I, it was just a couple of breaks go their way. Hansborough took over. I remember that game like yesterday. Um, all right, that was so a really good team. I know You're right. it, it was. It was. I mean, Garrett Garrett Temple was just a man against boys that year. Um, and then Marcus Thornton. We just saw Marcus Thornton with uh, Jacques, your 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 boy Jacques. Um, yeah, MVP of the league that year, Marcus Thornton. That's first right. All SEC. So you know that. He's a pretty good player to leave hanging around, you know. That's right. So, getting back to this year, uh, you had uh, – we were just saying the exact same thing as, as you just said before we came on, which was uh, making sure you weren't you weren't going to fall to a four seed and you stayed in that Arkansas line instead of the Alabama line. Um, how do you feel – I, I went to that Arkansas game, Coach, and saw us beat the doors off of them. And I, know, I understand it's a different mm-hmm. team now and they just – they're really, you know, playing at a different level. They got another guy that came back, obviously. But, like, don't you feel like that's a much better matchup for us? Well, yeah, based on what we did with them. Now, you know, they do have another player that hurt us. But, but uh, certainly that, that, that's the goal of any team, to stay off the number one seed, get them in the, in the championship game, and, and then to, to get to that, 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 that third third uh, seed in the SEC tournament to play the winner of South Carolina and Ole Miss. Ole Miss is a terrible matchup for well, – uh, LSU is a terrible matchup for Ole Miss and South Carolina right. too. Uh, yeah. So so I don't think Kermit Davis is sitting up there saying, wow, we, I get to play LSU if I win. I think he's scared to death of that matchup because they've never been able to play LSU very well anyway. So Well, let's get him on the phone. Let's call Missouri. Kermit right now and ask him, huh? I, well, I've already talked to him about it. I know he's scared to death of it. But that's why that win at Missouri was so important, to get them off that fourth line, to get them to the third line. I, I think it's falling right for LSU. And if they go in there and do what they're supposed to do and play as well as they're capable of playing, they'll be in that championship game on Sunday. Then anything can happen once you get to that point. That's right. Um, so, all right, one of the other things that happened this week, Coach, that – I think it caught some people off guard. It definitely caught me off guard a little bit. Um, was Cam Thomas not getting freshman of the year? I know this probably isn't the, the biggest deal ever for the team itself, but for fans, it just felt like I, – I, I know Moses Moody, and he, I, I know what he does, but you know I, Cam Thomas is just like a take-over-the-game kind of player, and I don't see that out of Moses Moody. What were your thoughts on that whenever you saw that come out? Well, I, I think it's the, the wrong choice. I mean, he, he led the SEC in scoring. Uh, he, he's been a huge part or, or most probably more valuable to the LSU team this year in terms of, of success than Moody was to Arkansas, in my opinion. Uh, you know, that's so fickle how that's done. Sometimes it's done on personality, who I like, mm-hmm. Uh you know, coach of the year, sometimes they vote against the guy just because they may not like him. There's not a lot of people that just do by the numbers. Uh, you know, so I, I don't I don't know what all goes into that. I, I, it's not the first time that a player 
has not gotten what he really deserved by the way he performed throughout mm-hmm. the course of the year. Uh, it's just unfortunate. But most people who know basketball at the end of the day watch where it goes in the draft. Uh, and then that'll be the telltale. I, I don't think Moody's going to go ahead of Cam Thomas no. in the draft when it all said and done, and you just sit back and he may get the last laugh uh, with a check, you know, a check in the, the bank. bank. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, the 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 other thing on the Cam Thomas, you know, it, first of all, he can take over a game. We saw that against Missouri a little bit where he was just, I mean, unstoppable at the end of the day oh. and getting to the free throw line too. It's just set well, Missouri. I, mean, I, I thought, I thought early in that game, Cam Thomas had a look about him I hadn't seen the last three or four games. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he came out, his, his, his field goal percentage was way up there. He took great shots. He was determined to take the ball to the rim and get fouled. Then he started making some big baskets as well. I mean, he made three or four shots that, that were guarded as good as you could guard them, but he just rose up and shot over people. And that's the mark of a player who, you know, you don't coach that sort of guy. I've always said this, you recruit that sort of guy. <laughs> yeah. And then he makes you a good coach. And, you know, I was fortunate to have a couple of those, and Will's had two or three of those as well. So, uh, you know, you, you recruit a guy like that, and he makes you look good as a coach. So do you feel like there's any still animosity towards Will Wade when it comes to something like that where you have a guy who's up for the award and it's maybe slighted because of a Will Wade animosity with the media? Well, uh, that's what I was – semi alluding to okay well uh, i'll just say it straight out (laughs) yeah i didn't didn't want to say it as bluntly as you did but you know i think there's something to that i think i I think i've been drinking coach i'm sorry yeah well you know i I used to be like you and just blurted out you know but now i've gotten a little older hopefully a little wiser and i've tried to kind of soft coat it just a little bit but you're exactly right I, i think personalities get involved in some of those kinds of things uh, and it's too bad, and it's unfortunate. Uh, we did have a we did have a question for you in the chat. Uh, Chris Landry was asking. Would love to hear you talk about Darius Days and his impact on the LSU team. Um, you know, I know when he was out, and then when he came back in, like man, it, when he's hot, when he's hot from three, man, those. Uh, I mean, I don't know. There's not that many teams that can really beat this team, uh, especially when you get to tournament play. Wouldn't you say? Well, it's just been obvious. I mean, you look at the games that Darius has had, uh, and particularly the way he starts the game, and I think also it goes back to the the, the, the number of minutes he plays as well when he doesn't uh, get careless or, or needless fouls. And that's that's on Darius, a little, Darius too, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he, he fouls carelessly or needlessly. That's what I used to tell players all the time. Don't foul carelessly or needlessly, particularly players that you rely on that do to play at least 30 minutes to make the team function at an efficient level. And that's on him a little bit. Sometimes he'll just be running down the court, reach in and foul somebody at half court or 30 feet from the basket for no reason. Yeah. And, and, and it takes away from the overall play of the team. So he's got to be able to learn and accept that because when he does play really well, I don't think LSU's lost a game. Right. Um, so a couple of other things we wanted to talk to you today, coach, was about, I guess, the SEC tournament in general. And may, maybe what was some of your best memories of tournament play? Uh, is bring, speaking of Tack Miner, I remember a great game that he played against Kentucky. Um, and he, he missed that shot at the end, if, uh, if I remember right. But what, what were some of your best memories with uh, the SEC tournament? And I, I was probably always typically in uh, Atlanta back then, right? 
Yeah, we played in Atlanta. Played in Nashville maybe one time, if I, if I remember correctly. But we we played the other times in in, in Atlanta. You know, I, I I don't I don't really know. I think some of my earlier teams. Uh, we beat Georgia one night uh, when Charlie Thompson was playing for us. I mean, oh, we were yeah. our numbers were down and and we were uh, uh, didn't finish high in the league. We went over there and won a couple of games or so and. Nobody gave us a chance to do anything, and mm-hmm. you know th- those are the kind of things that that I remember. You know, our good teams going into the uh, SEC tournament. You know, but I never put an emphasis on winning it. I wanted to go over there and continue to play well, particularly with our good teams. If we won it, great. But if not, I wanted to continue to play well, and 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 we always seemed to won a game or two in the SEC tournament. I don't know, maybe one time we went over there and got beat early mm-hmm. and left, but. I think most of the time when, when I was coaching at LSU, and I could tell you how to have my memory is. I don't remember every single game, but I thought we always played pretty well in the SEC tournament. Never could win it, uh, but but we always seemed to win a game or two. And, and I just wanted our team to continue to play well and compete and improve uh, and use that uh, to get maybe a better seating, but continue to play well going into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, and I mean, and I would assume that's Will Wade's view on the tournament as well, correct? Like he, he's such, um, he's so built, he's built his schedule around um, seeding for the tournament, right? Seeding for the NCAA tournament and net and all that stuff. And I, I feel like that's kind of where he's always at was is making sure that he's on the right line. Um, so if we're on like maybe a seven line, make sure that we don't get to that eight line. Um, is that kind of what you feel with him as far as the SEC tournament goes and maybe his thoughts? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I used to just try to play it the best we possibly could, let it fall where it may. But Will's much more into that in terms of mm-hmm. of, of who he schedules, where they play people. Uh, he's really smart about that, much smarter than I was. And, and I think now, though, it's more emphasis on that kind of thing uh, than it was maybe when I was coaching at LSU. But Will's very in tune to that, and he's very smart about that and who they play, where they play them. And all of that's about fading and getting into the NCAA tournament, uh, and he does a great job of that. Do you, uh, so the story of Antonio Hudson and maybe getting yeah getting hot in the SEC tournament. Uh, t- take me back to that, and what do you remember about this? Well, I, I, Antonio Hudson, it, first of all. He's one of the best guys I ever coached yeah. in terms of character. You said this last time we had you on, Coach, and it's funny that somebody I, mentioned I, this I, to I us. I love the guy. Yeah. And, and, and he's, he, he's, he's probably uh, as good a clutch player next to Daryl Mitchell that I ever coached mm. at LSU in terms of making big baskets at the right time. Yeah. You know, Antonio's part of a team that beat the number one team in the country. He, he experienced that at LSU. He, he always went to the SEC tournament and seemed to play well and get up for that. Uh, what, what, what the reason for that is, I, I don't know. Uh, maybe it was on him a little bit. He got more psyched up for that. But he, he was one of the better yeah. players at LSU that I coached that doesn't seem to get the recall or the recognition that he deserves based on the career that he had there. Yeah, right. Um, best player to ever come out of Grambling? Would you say that? Well, I, you know, I, I know, think it huh? was a Grambling player at, at, at Tulane maybe at one point. I yeah, uh, Honeycutt, right? Yeah, they, 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 there's been some very good Grambling players. He, he's certainly in the top two, I think, that, that, that's never come out of there based on the success that he had in college. All right, I think I know the answer to this one. I have another chat question. Um, wildest crowd you've ever seen in the PMAC? Uh, I think I was there, so you uh, tell me. 
there, there, there were several, but I, I think that the, the crowd that I remember the most was the 2000 team uh, with Stromile and, and, and Jabari. And, and I think the most, the, 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 one of the best plays when we beat Arizona, and, and it was the worst loss in Lou Olson's career at Arizona when Jabari went behind the back, the fake behind the back, dunked it at halftime at the buzzer. And I just remember coming off that floor when the buzzer went off, and that crowd was really insane. I mean, that was probably as loud as I've ever heard it in that building. That's that's the one. I was there. I think uh, – <laughs> was Dick Vitale calling that game? Uh Dick Vitale, I don't know. He was on the other. He was calling the other game when we beat Arizona. When they that's were right, yeah. The There's somebody. That, I, that was at Christmas. That was that was three or four years later, uh, in like 2003 or 2004. I don't uh, remember who was calling that game. I jumped over some announcer at that at that press box. I literally just hopped over. I was I was spry in my twenties. Um, I jumped right over him. I was on the court. I remember all that. That season was something else for us. So uh, that game, I remember the Ole Miss when we won the SEC tournament. I ran on the floor on that game too. Um, and, yeah, the Jabari dunk was just like everybody. Uh, the Kentucky game that year with uh, Saul Smith. Yeah. Uh, they were We were calling yeah. Saul Smith all kinds of names. Um, <laughs> then uh, Chris Porter with Auburn. People don't remember the Chris Porter with Auburn uh Two years there was just so exciting. Every game that we played them, I felt like. Yeah, that 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 team different than that team and the '06 team is the 2000 team got recognized early because we had a lot of early success. You know, we beat Oklahoma; they were ranked in New Orleans. Uh, we went to Hawaii and won a tournament over in Hilo, and then right, and then uh, that team got ranked early. The, the 2006 team got recognized as the season went on because we started a little bit slow, but mm-hmm. we got into SEC play and won like seven or eight in a row. So uh, the, two different starts to, the, to to those two different teams, but they were both really, really good. Uh, the 2016 was you beating uh, West Virginia on the road, uh, yeah. almost beating UConn on the road. Tyrus Thomas goes crazy. Um, like all that kind of stuff. We'll get. We need to get Tyrus on this show, Coach, and maybe do a. Uh, we can do a roundtable with you guys and just sit you down. We can smoke some cigars or something like that. That would be great. That'd be great. He would be great to have on. He he's got some stories too, and he's a good. He's another uh, good guy, man, that I enjoy coaching as well. All right, so you know, I don't know if you know this, Coach, but we started the Durante Jones Bourbon Club. All right, so. And what we're doing is we're going around to different uh, restaurants and we're doing old-fashioned reviews. Uh, we're big bourbon guys here, okay? So we actually ran into Durante Jones at one of the uh, one of the restaurants, and we told him, hey, we're doing a club that's in your name. I hope you're okay with it. We want to know if you want to come with us and do an old-fashioned review at one of the restaurants. Would you be able to do that? Uh uh, of course I can. Now, do I have to drink bourbon, or can I uh, sneak some vodka on the side? Oh, uh, we'll do the vodka. We'll we'll make an exception for you as long as you're there. <laughs> I, I, you just tell me when and where, and give me a little heads up. But we'll I, do it. We'll do it. Uh, I'm trying to get Durante Jones to come and do one too. I don't know if LSU LSU may just call and shut this whole thing down. I don't even know, Coach. <laughs> All right, one last serious question in the chat. How many games does LSU need to win in the SEC tournament to get off the eight seed for the NCAA? 
you know, I, I think that, that there's, there's a, my reply to that depends on who else loses. You know, I think that has something to do with it as well. Yeah. But I, I think if they get to the championship game, I think they move up a notch. I, I think there's no question about that. And then some other teams will probably lose, and that will affect the seeding as well. So LSU goes and wins a couple of games, uh, I think they got a shot. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm hoping they don't have to beat arkansas to get to that level i mean i'm hoping they can win one game and maybe be a seven but I, yeah i'm thinking you're with i know you're shaking your head at me yeah, too yeah i'm thinking two wins. yeah i think it you need to win. Who loses. you know you never right. know somebody make it upset, drop down and lsu make it do it with one win but i think two certainly uh would get them up a a, a, a level maybe two if they could beat arkansas Right. Well, that's awesome. Okay, so I appreciate it, Coach. We will get in touch with you. Um, I, you know, I'm like Jordy Collada, and I've met with Jordy uh, the other day, and like we are relentless with following up with people. So I will text you. So just make sure that you you answer the text if you can. Uh, but I'll, I'll say. Do you have Ben McDonald's coming after me? I have Ben McDonald coming on after you. You got something you want to say to him? Well, you asked Ben McDonald who who is the best coach that ever recruited him asking that i will um i'm already ready to ask him all right so here's the question i was going to ask him he's not watching right now so i can i know he's not going to answer this right but if um you know i I was going to say look i I feel like the lsu basketball team right now is just missing one element and i'm thinking it's like a a six seven (laughs) scrappy guy that can kind of hit the floor and i have a picture all ready to, to to put up on the screen and so i'm waiting to hear from him on that one so um, all right, well, best. I was an assistant coach at Mississippi State. And okay. Ben took, he was going to LSU all the way, but he took one other visit. I wanted him to play basketball at Mississippi State and baseball. I took Ron Polk and Bob Boyd, the basketball coach <laughs> at the time, into his home, and he did spend a weekend at Mississippi State, the only other visit he took. And uh, he's a special guy, man, great family. But we walked in his den to recruit him. The, the baseball coach at Mississippi State and, and the basketball coach, and they both looked up to see that there was a purple and gold fan, and they looked at me and said, how are we going to get this guy? I said, well, we might not, but let's just give it a chance. Uh, I mean, it's not just some baseball coach. It's Ron Polk, for crying out loud, walking in there. Ooh. I know. He, he, he and Skip Berkman made SEC baseball. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, coach. We appreciate it. Um, I'm gonna ask. I'm definitely gonna ask Ben that question. He he's already. Uh, he said he was trembling, following your footsteps today. So, um. <laughs> yeah. You saved the best for last. You got yeah. the right deal. <laughs> All right, coach. We appreciate it. We'll be back in touch with you. Uh, hopefully, maybe uh, maybe even before NCAA basketball. So we'll we'll um, we'll catch up with you then. Okay. Okay, guys. Thanks much. Thanks, coach. All right. All right. All right, that was uh, Coach John Brady. Hey, guys, we're going to take a quick break, if you don't mind. Um, get your chats ready for uh, Ben McDonald. We're going to talk LSU baseball and, and college baseball in general. So get those ready for us if you can uh, in the chat page, and we will be back momentarily right after this break. Ether Insurance is dedicated to helping the businesses and people of Baton Rouge secure affordable insurance tailored to their needs. With our curated network of insurance carriers, we provide the best solutions for home, auto, life, and business coverage. Ether Insurance, powering and protecting your world. 2020 took a toll on all of us. If you're going through a divorce or custody issue, let Dejan Law Office be by your side in 2021. Dejan Law Office, fighting for what you deserve. 344-ANDY. Brandon Lejean here, courtesy Buick GMC. Call Brandon Lejean at 
337-224-1867. Come see us today, courtesy of Buick GMC. Join us for a drink at the Durante Jones Bourbon Club. When Coach Jones isn't scheming defenses, he's scheming up new cocktails. Our cocktails may be old-fashioned, but his blitz packages aren't. So when you are feeling like you're in a zone and you need to switch to man, come to the Durante Jones Bourbon Club, <clears throat> where everyone is welcome, except Bo Pelini. Great score! All right, guys, welcome back. Um, great chat with uh, Coach John Brady. Uh, so I'm going to get him on uh, the Durante Jones Bourbon Club, and he nice. can do some bourbon reviews or vodka reviews. <laughs> well, I was thinking after we do – so we're doing the March Madness, and we're going to different places for old fashions, and I'm thinking, okay, when we get done with that, are we going to switch to something else? And switch somebody – so, yes, when you're in a zone, you need to switch, man. Um, the next thing I could do is do female-oriented drinks and not mm. me judge it, but get females to judge the drinks. What do we call it, like bitch drinks or something like that? No, I'm not going to call it a bitch. All right. Come right on. Also, Come on. I, I need to do a formal apology, I feel like. To? Uh, our friend Zach. Zach who? Zach. Who's Zach? Your friend, Zach. Oh, my friend, Zach. <laughs> right. I need to apologize to Zach, and we'll cut this, and we'll send it to him. I uh, <laughs> said something about um, Miles Brennan mm. about four episodes ago, mm. and it was slightly joking. Uh, slightly. It was it was more about Max Johnson. I feel like Max Johnson is going to be the guy, and now there's all oh. this... There's this Miles Brennan hype train going on right now about how much he weighs and all By that. By the way, he responded to your Max Johnson hype thing, and he he actually made a good uh, a point that I was uh, when at first when he said it I was like, eh, that doesn't sound right, and then I was like, yes. Uh, he was like, oh, so he likes Max Johnson, who is the least talented quarterback on the entire roster. I mean, he's gonna get if he gets the job done. I mean, I <laughs> to me, I mean. But at least physically talented. I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's actually probably true. Yeah, probably. Of the four. Um, I mean, I just need to see some more. I, I just need to see more, I guess. Mm. Um, and if he's healthy, obviously, hopefully everything's great. But um, I said something derogatory mm. towards Miles Brennan, and Zach said he will never listen again because <laughs> I said that. And I wanted to apologize to you, Zach, right here, right now. Um, that I take that back. Um, I have nothing but love for Miles Brennan. Um, I love that he is, um, you know, 300 pounds, a 300 pound quarterback. I appreciate all that. Um, you know, it is what it is. So Here, here's my question about the whole Miles Brennan weight thing. Okay. I was do, getting killed on Facebook about this today, by the way. Do we think he looks <laughs> fat because we're used to him being skinny? Yes. Or is he just now healthy? I don't think he's fat. And we're just not used to it. I don't think he's fat. I just think that he was so skinny, and now he is like, he's got healthy. some chub on him. He's puffy. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not fat. It's just not fat. That's not what I meant to say. But like, but it's just know. a joke. It's just fun. Like I, you know, <laughs> everybody was talking about how skinny he was, and now everybody, I, this is right up my alley, man. Like, 
So, but people on Facebook do not get this at all. <laughs> like they don't get my humor with this. They don't get any of that. Like, um, yes, I, I still, I am never going to stop until I can get Miles Brennan on a live stream. Maybe we can do it at bogeys and I set up a scale and we can actually see what he weighs on a scale. That's what I'm waiting for. Here's my guess is that he's not going to do that. Miles, I know you're watching. <laughs> Um, so what, what did Sam just say? The guys drinking must have got what that card back. Yeah. I haven't got my card back. My, I left my card at a, um, bar at the golf course in, uh, Oberlin, really? Louisiana. I left my card <laughs> there. They're mailing it back to me guys. So waiting know. for it back. Um, yeah. Co Coach Brady is the goat. I agree with that. Uh, coach is just such a great guy, man. He's, he's, He's been open to us since the very beginning. And, man, I can talk to him about old, you know, I call it old, but it's like my glory years of basketball. I can talk to him about that stuff all day long. Right. Um, yeah, I can't wait to talk to Ben McDonald about that too, but that would be great. Uh, so, yeah, we'll have Ben McDonald coming in in just a few minutes. He's going to join the uh, join the chat. Get your questions in for Ben if you can. Um, also, guys, follow us on, um, on YouTube if you can. I see Andrew Martins uh, is – from you, the YouTube chat right now. So follow us on YouTube, subscribe if you can, and like. Uh, it really help us a lot. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Facebook is going the Tennessee path of irrelevancy. I agree. We just switched to Twitch as well. So now we're on Twitch. Um, I'm trying to figure that part out. But yeah, I really want to get on YouTube more than anything. Um, I just like that YouTube chat feature better, uh, all that. So if you can, uh, give us a subscribe um, and notification uh, bell on on our YouTube platform. I was looking for my ding button. There you go. See, um, if you and also um, hey, we have somebody watching on Twitch right now. Do who's, we? Do we? Okay. Who's watching on Twitch? Yeah, I don't know. Comment. Comment could, some gamer. Some gamer kids watching yeah. on Twitch right now. Maybe it's Charlie. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, get your uh, get your chats in for Ben McDonald. I want to ask him a lot about. SEC baseball, and you kind of know my feelings on SEC right now. Um, I know we're completely loaded. The the SEC is completely loaded in. Um, we gotta raise this fucking camera. Wait, what happened? Well, because when I when I when I do that. It's yeah, like please don't like do that. What are you doing? It yeah, just, it's just a natural thing. I just, yeah, I, I think you need to sit up straight. Maybe cross your legs. Um, <laughs> talk louder in the mic, all that. I apologize, Chris. Uh, my interns, man, I can't swear, I swear to God. Um, anyway, um, all right, Ben McDonald is joining us right now. Get your chats in for Ben. We will hook up with him now. I think we're getting him. Can you hear us, Ben? Ben, you hear us? He's probably connecting his audio and his mm -hmm. camera. I'm going to text him and tell him to connect his audio and his camera. Bet you he connects it before you get the text sent. I'm going to hold on. Hold on. Let's see if I can do it. Oh. Button. He's there. I know he's there. 
bet you he hears us. He may hear us. I think he's got. Oh, we almost had him. Guys, keep um, putting your chats in for um, for Ben McDonald if you can, guys. Um, and you know, one of the big things that we wanted to talk about was going to be can't hear anything. He says. We wanted to talk about Dylan Cruz um, and where he's at in the lineup. What do you think about that, Jack? Um, I think it's well documented what we think. He needs to be in three. Uh, Yeah, we we talked about this um, this stat last week about how he's hit five home runs this year. And he has six RBIs. Mm-hmm. So five of those RBIs are himself. He's hit one RBI that is not himself. Uh, he's seventh on the team in RBIs. He is, uh, yeah, I mean, is, is obnoxious. He's our best hitter. His slug percentage is like 800 or something like that. He's batting 400. Uh, he's, he's our best hitter in every single facet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can understand why you want your 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 best batting average to bat first, but when you're when you're just crushing the ball like he is, I mean you gotta you gotta have some runners on base for him. So I don't I don't know if maybe Paul's just waiting for SEC play to start and then he's gonna move him to the three hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't I don't know what the idea is here, but uh, I, it, we've gone this far with him staying at the one. I, I'm assuming almost that he's just gonna stay there. Uh, we may need to call him. Oh, oh. Need to do the the John Brady. Let's see. Let me call you instead. Yeah, we'll um we'll give him a call instead, and we'll do it just like John Brady because he can't get in the chat. That work. Uh, no worries on my end here, so let's see. Whoops. Let's see. What else do you want to know about LSU baseball? <sighs> I mean, you know, I don't know much about, you know, Ben McDonald era of baseball because, you know, I was uh, – was what years did he go to LSU? Uh, 87 – or 86 to 86. Hello. Hey, Big Ben. How are you? Hey. You're live. You're live. I got you. I was going to figure out a way, no matter what. Are we Are we live? We are live. Don't say anything about John Brady. <laughs> well, uh, John Brady, I, I'm going to go to my phone. I had my iPad hooked up. I'm sorry about that. We'll figure that out next time for sure. All right. All right. Yeah, John Brady's a good friend of mine, man. I tell you, he might have told you, but. He was at Mississippi State whenever uh, I he was did. at Denver Franks High School and, and was recruiting me to come play basketball with Bob Boyd, the head coach. Of course, he was the assistant coach, and mm-hmm. of course, Ron Polk was the head coach. And uh, John Brady used to drive on Friday nights when I was punting and kicking for 
Dillon Springs High School, and he would drive all the way from Starkville, Mississippi, to watch me punt and kick and just be able to talk to me after the ball game. Man, he he recruited me harder than anybody else recruited me uh, to go to, to Mississippi State. And uh, Mississippi State still have a special place in my heart because uh, <clears throat> I love that place, but I like the LSU just a little bit more. And when you when you grow up 20 minutes from the university, it's uh, and you grow up going to uh, basketball and football games and sneaking in the old Alex box through the hole in the wall out left left field to, to watch as a kid it's uh it's hard to get away man I so he he asked he said who was you got to ask him who was the hardest coach that uh recruited him um so and he was like he, he also said you know he, I don't know if he knew that I knew this but he said um you know yeah we went over there and I, I took the Mississippi State baseball coach I don't know if you know but Ron Polk and I took uh I said you took Ron Polk like it it's not just some baseball coach it's Ron Polk <laughs> right yeah. right so well, that was before all the uh, social media and of course all the visits and of course like the coaches you know if you were a bigger recruit all the coaches would come to your house and of course I'm sure John told y'all the story he said he leaned over and told Bob Boyd he said we don't have a chance. They walked into my house and went into the game room area, and there was some LSU ceiling fans and all that. He said, we don't have a damn chance. He said, I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> so, so that's what ended up happening, you know. And uh, But, you know, if they'd have been closer to home, I would have thought about it. But the truth is, you know, at the time, Ron Polk and Mississippi State Baseball had the program in the Southeast right. Conference. you got to remember, they had Palomero and Will Clark and mm-hmm. Bobby Thigpen and Jeff Brantley, not just four – good players but four players that were going to be all-stars at the mlb level of course two of them could be in the hall of fame at some day you right. know and and but but my senior year in high school skip Bertman, you know made it to the college world series my senior year and i said okay maybe this new coach Bertman, whoever he is maybe he's gonna do okay at lsu you know and i yeah. said well that kind of sealed the deal for me because the basketball team was doing fine dale brown had been to you know the 86 final four and uh, you know, 87 as my freshman year, we went to the elite eight. So I was, wasn't worried about the basketball program. I was worried about the baseball program. Well, I saw some, uh, stats, uh, I think it was a couple of days ago. Somebody had sent me something about, I think it was 87. If I remember right, because 86, you were still a senior at, at, at Denham, right? Correct. Okay. So 87 would have been your first year. And I think that was a year where, I mean, you're there, um, Barry Manuel, uh, Greg Patterson, um, who am I? Ru- Russell Springer. Um, and he's, yeah. he was young with you too, but I, I think I counted, I think six starting pick- pitchers in the, in the major leagues were on that roster. Yeah. Yeah. Don't forget about Mark Guthrie. Mark, Mark Guthrie. Guthrie yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. You know, Guthrie pitched about 13 years in the big leagues as a reliever. Russell Springer, if I'm not mistaken, pitched the longest, longest everybody. time from, from anybody in the state of Louisiana, I think, other than maybe Rusty Staub, somebody told me. So he's mm. like the second most of the 18 years in the big leagues. And so, yeah, that, that year, you know, the 87 team at LSU was probably, if you talk to Coach Skip, might have been one of the most talented teams that he had. Don't forget about, you know, Albert Bell, you know, his junior year. To me, he's still <clears throat> the most dynamic, uh, intimidating college hitter I ever played with or against, you know, uh, but the truth is, by the time we went to Omaha, Bell had been kicked off the team in 87, and Mark Guthrie had gotten hurt. So we lost our best pitcher, mm-hmm. and we lost our best position player by the time we, uh, you know, we, we made it to Omaha. And, of course, you know, we didn't have very good luck there. I ended up getting up a grand slam, and we ended up losing the whole damn thing and coming home. But 
Uh, that was one of the most talented teams that uh, that we had. But Skip, I always say, you know, there had to be building blocks. You had to get there a few times before you believed that you could actually win it. You know, mm-hmm. and of course, we went. They went in '86 and lost. We went in '87 and lost. We went in '89 and lost. But then by the time they went back in 91, they said, okay, well, hell, we've been here three times. Now it's time to go ahead and win it. And once they started winning them, as you guys know, they came in bunches. That's right. And we, we're, I want to get to some – I'm sure you have a, a Joey Albert Bell story for me, but we'll get to that in a second. But <laughs> I, I'd love to hear that one. Um, all right, so thoughts on LSU baseball so far. To me, it feels like normal. Like, obviously, we always lose a, a game or two. Uh, in this case, we were coming off of a, a weekend where we got hammered on one game, and then there's another game that we could have won, and we could have gone two and one on that weekend. But uh, baseball is baseball is kind of the the overall theme that a lot of fans have. My you know my concerns are more of this year being such a weird year for college baseball, and everybody's loaded. Are we? as fans probably not seeing maybe what could be coming to us in the gauntlet that is the SEC? Mm, that's a great question. And, and a gauntlet times two is what it's going to be this right. year. But, yeah, you know, um, I like this LSU team. There, there's a lot of questions for me. One being it's a it's a young but very talented lineup. And so, you know, going into this year, if you would look at that lineup, you know, you'd only see Kay Beloso and Dugas, who had probably had more than 50 collegiate at-bats going into this year. You know, if you talk about going around the horn and you talk about Thompson and, you know, you're talking about Kay Doty, who got 40 at-bats last year. You're talking about Arnold, who had two at-bats last year. You know, Trey Morgan was a freshman. Dylan Cruz is a freshman. You know, DiGiacomo had been in and out of the lineup, never really a big-time starter other than a little bit of time last year. You know, it's a very inexperienced – they don't have much experience in that offensive lineup at all. You know, Malizo had about 35-40 at-bats last year. And so, you take Cade Beloso out of this lineup, and we don't have a very experienced lineup at all. Uh, it, it's talented. I like it. But it's also the kind of team – you know, they, they could go into a prolonged slump when it start, when Vanderbilt mm-hmm. rolls into town and Kumar Rocker rolls in here. And, and Jack, Jack Leiter. Holy cow. Yeah, and Jack Leiter rolls in here. You're going to go, what the hell is going on? I mean, yes. they could absolutely just stuff us in two games in a row, you know. And then when Mississippi State comes in here, if Bedner gets healthy and Sarantal gets going, you know, same thing. And, and Ole Miss comes into here, you know, and you're going to look at Doug Nikhazy on Friday night. You're going to see Gunnar Hoagland, who's going to be a first-rounder, and Derek Diamond, their, their Sunday guy, up to 97 miles an hour. It's fixing to get real. You mm-hmm. know, it, I mean, I'm talking about it's fixing to get real. And that's what you're going to see in the SEC this year. And so I have my concerns. I have my concerns. Will we score enough runs? Uh, yeah. uh, I know we're doing – now, the, the good thing is when you compare this year to last year at this time, and it's equal competition. And here's my concern for LSU. LSU's not played a ranked team yet. They've not even played a team that I don't know that's going to even be in the in the NCAA tournament. Okay, so they have not played a very strong schedule at all. But having said that, it's the same kind of schedule they played last year as well leading into conference play and Mm -hmm. so the batting average team batting average is about 50 points better than what it was last year right the runs per game is up about four runs per game this year so the offense is much better when you add dylan cruz you add trey morgan 
and a little bit more experience. I love Jordan Thompson. He's just starting to hit the ball a little bit, but he's a wiry, rangy kind of kid with a lot of pop that played shortstop the other day, and that's a concern, too, that Paul still hadn't landed on the left side of his infield yet. We're getting close to conference play, but it is what it is. And so I love Marceau. I love Labus on the pitching side. Jaden Hill, to me, is a diamond in the rough. Mm-hmm. Can he get it going? And will, uh, you know, will talent trump experience this year for him? Because he had 21 innings pitched this, you know, going into this year, which isn't very much at all for a, a college guy, you know. Uh, right. Matthew Beck is down now. That's a concern. <clears throat> and Devin Fontenot is not throwing it like he can yet at the back end of the bullpen. So there's some question marks for LSU. There's no doubt, but it's a talented team. Yeah, and so one of the one of the thoughts that I was having this year was, you know, based on the offense last year, and I know it's a little better this year, but just because of the pitching in the SEC and then our pitching staff being so good that we were going to maybe come into a lot of, uh, you know, low-scoring games in the SEC, hopefully. Um, and if not, then it might be because of our pitching is, is, is not as, you know, on par as it needs right. to be. But, you know, one of the things that it brings us to is, we actually started a uh, it's it's kind of it's a joke obviously but we started a petition um, and our petition is to um, move Dylan Cruz to the three hole um, and right. if I get enough signatures I'm going to bring it to pulmonary and I'm going to say Here, the people have spoken <laughs> and we'll move him to the three hole uh, and we want your support on this um, but you know you tell us what you think on Dylan Cruz at leadoff especially with five home runs and six RBIs. Well, okay. So here's the way I look at that. How many times are you the leadoff hitter in a ball game? Yeah. Right. More than more than the more than yeah. You're the leadoff hitter one time. So oh, when Dylan right. Cruz leads off the game, he's a leadoff hitter one time in a ball game. The rest of the time you don't have a clue when he's gonna come up. He may come up third that inning, fourth mm-hmm. that inning, fifth that inning, seventh that inning. The my idea looking at that is who's in front of him. I like him where he is. One, because he reminds me of a Ricky Henderson Ooh. that I used to play against, who's a Hall of Famer. One, if you make a mistake, and remember this, a starting pitcher struggles more at the beginning of a game than he will at any other time. In other words, when I leave that bullpen and I come into the game, I'm not quite sure what's working for me that day. I'm not sure how good my control is that day. And when Dylan Cruz steps to the plate, that first batter, it puts even more nervousness in my body okay. as a starting pitcher. Because I know this, if I make a mistake, he can hit it out of the ballpark. Mm-hmm. If I walk him, he can steal second base. Mm-hmm. So i got to throw him a strike, but it's got to be a quality strike. And when I'm not quite on my game and my rhythm yet, he can cause havoc at the top. So for me, I like him where he is just because he can cause that havoc at the top where you've got to throw him a strike. You don't know what's going on yet from the starting pitcher. He may make a mistake and he hits it out of the ballpark real mm-hmm. quick and gives you a one nothing lead. But if he does walk him, he can steal second base. So, And here's another thing to remember. The difference in a college season of hitting one and hitting three over the course of, say, 55 or 60 games, Dylan Cruz will get about 15 more at-bats during the season hitting one hole than he will hitting three holes. Right. So if he's your best hitter, why would you not want him to get the most at bats throughout the season? Because he can make a difference in that farm. Well, right? I, I, Over the course of a, yeah. a big league season, a guy hitting one versus hitting three, it may be a lot more at bats than that in 162, but mm-hmm. why not give your best hitters the most at bats? Because the truth is he's a leadoff hitter one time. 
And after that, the other three times he comes to the plate that game, we don't know where he's going to hit. Well, I really wanted to see, before Giacomo went down, I wanted to see Giacomo move to the nine hole and be in front of him. Um, and he, he does strike out a good bit and more probably more than he needs to, but just a way to get somebody on base that could be a little bit more productive in yeah. front of him and maybe move well, Malazzo up to Cruz eight or whatever. Would have, and you're right. You're right about that. He would have a ton more RBIs, and that's a concern, again, for LSU. The batting order is one through five or six, they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. But then you get seven, eight, nine, we're, getting, we're not getting much production down there right now. So mm-hmm. it would be nice if we started to get a few more production. And when I mean production, I mean just people getting on base, whether it's by walk or hit by pitch or whatever it is, uh, Dylan Cruz would have more RBIs than what he has right now, you know, as he comes up in the latter parts of ball games. And so that's something that's got to change for LSU. I think that it probably will. And these young guys get that experience. I think it's going to be that much better. But the truth is, is that it's about to get tougher. You know, that old movie, mm-hmm. what was that movie? Uh, uh, the old Western movie where he said, hell's coming. And then no, Tombstone. With her, something like that. Yeah. yeah, Tombstone. Well, that hell's coming. I can tell you. In oh. SEC, hell is coming, but it's going to be fun. All right. I mean, it's going to be fun to watch as we see how these young guys respond to it. I'm going to cut that into a YouTube clip. That'll be – I'll play that all year. Um, and then some <laughs> somebody in the chat, uh, Ben, just said, Jesus, Ben's got me nervous over here. So, uh, Well, it's, it, look, it, it's no need to be nervous about LSU baseball. It's kind, it's kind of where they are right now. You know, it, to me, it's the kind of team that could really roll, like I said. But it's also the team that could, could, could fight a little bit because what we've seen over the years in college baseball, truthfully speaking, is these veteran teams that have a lot of juniors and seniors are the teams that are beginning to make these deep runs into the postseason play. Mm-hmm. LSU doesn't have that. You know, they are talented, and, and I love their talent. Nolan Kane, look, he deserves credit. He brought in yeah. the number two recruiting class in this country. I think he's brought in, what, Three of the last five years, he brought in a top five recruiting class from mm-hmm. Palmineri. And so he is doing his job. He's getting talent on campus. Um, the question is, is how do they respond this year? Because, you know, everybody's uber talented. So it's going to be fun to see how it really unfolds, you know. It's going to be some tough games in there, some really tough games, some really tough series. And you're going to get hopefully not swept very often, but you could get swept one weekend and sweep the next. I think that's how it's going to be. It's going to be that close. Okay. And Ben, I wanted to kind of shift gears a little bit to some old school stuff. Um, yeah, it's not that, that often I get to talk to you. I'm 42. Okay. So, um, not, I mean, I grew up in that, in that era. Um, and a, a quick story, you actually handed out my little league hat at Millerville. Um, if you remember the Millerville oh, nice. part. So that was an I 80. I remember that. 88 i believe so um my story is that it was supposed to be west grisham handing out our hats and i had the big forearms in the league and so i always loved west grisham because they called him popeye and my dad always talked about west grisham and he was first baseman i was first baseman all that kind of stuff so then i find out okay west grisham can't make it they had to get a replacement it's going to be ben mcdonald and I may right. have been the only one. On, from there, I right. was the only one on the team that was disappointed about this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Wes Grisham was uh, was an awesome dude, and he could hit, man. He could, he's one of those guys. That, and here's a funny story from Skip Bourbon, if you had never heard. When Wes Grisham showed up on campus, Beetle Bailey was the hitting coach, and Smoke was there, and mm-hmm. Rooster Southall was there, and, and Skip called all the coaches in, and he saw Wes hit for the first few times. He said, hey, listen, uh, I just happened to be sitting. He said, 
if any of you guys try to coach Wes Grisham, I'm going to fire you right away. <laughs> Just leave him alone and let him hit. That sounds like Which a story that he said, he said about, about Todd Walker. He, I think I heard the right. same exact walk. same thing he said about Todd Walker. You know, and it worked. <laughs> nobody coached Wes Grisham, and he hit like 370, you know, yeah. and nobody coached Todd Walker. He went on to be a first-rounder, you know, and play a long time. But Skip was like that. You know, Skip was one of those guys that, you know, he didn't – if you didn't need some adjustments being made and there wasn't no need to coach, he didn't coach. He didn't yeah. try to overcoach. He didn't try to put your, his stamp on you, if you will, like some coaches do today. And Todd Walker stepped on campus and Skip saw him hit a few times and he he called them all in and did the same thing. He said, if you try to coach Walker, <laughs> look, you're going to be fired. Just what, leave him alone. Well, what's the story I heard about Todd Walker with uh, – I think that Todd Walker was getting kind of cocky with some pitches and he was yanking them out. Um you know, on a Nicholson or whatever, and then, um, and then he he asked the pitcher to throw at him, and the pitcher would try to throw at him, and he would still pull it out off, you know, as a foul ball, but he was pulling everything, and like you couldn't even hit him because his bat speed was too good, and he's like, okay, <laughs> forget it, forget it, he's just too good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, th- those days, Ellis, you know, when, when when you had Todd Walker and Rush Johnson in the lineup same time i mean mm-hmm. and with the others that went around them it was it was gorilla ball time you know and todd right. was so good although he wasn't a big guy you know you, you probably met him and been around him he's a small guy especially for big league standards but he had some pop in his bat you know right. and uh he created havoc with those old bats and those bats that had some pop in them you know back in those days the bats are and by the way the, the, the college game now is as fair as I've ever seen it, you yeah. know, with the BB core bats, and they went overboard at one point with, with the balls. That. There was no offense, but then we changed the balls four or five right. years ago, and we got a ball that carries a little bit further. Uh, and so I think the game is in a, is a fairer place as, as really I've ever seen the college. I and mean, by the way, whenever you're doing the, um, you're at Omaha and you have a ball in your hand and you're you're showing the seams of the balls and you're trying to show how like spin on balls are affected in different ways. I think it was whenever they switched the to the new balls, you you were showing how you were able to like. I think it was like you may be able to get more spin out of this. Um, than you were before. Right. And I think this was right when Mikhail Hilliard came to campus, which was like, okay, his curveball was just insane as far as the spin ratio, if I remember right. Right. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, I always felt like a, a higher seam baseball, which used to be the old balls, yeah. I could spin my breaking ball better and make it have better bite and break to it. You know, now, if I was throwing a fastball by you, I'd want a low seam ball because it wouldn't have the – you know, the force, it wouldn't have the drag that you would normally have, you know. Mm-hmm. So they kind of went to a lower seam baseball where it would actually fly a little bit further because it didn't have the drag. But And we thought that we were going to do a favor, you know, when they brought the new balls in, and we did. I mean, we started seeing more home runs pick up, but we didn't realize the pitchers would <laughs> actually adapt to the baseball as well as they did. And so, you know, for the last three or four years in college baseball, we set out – We not only we set home run records for the BB Corbett era, but we set strikeout records too. Yeah. Like we're – striking out more guys than we ever have you know but just ask I vanderbilt to do, yeah well <laughs> vanderbilt look look but don't 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 look past texas a&m go look at their their numbers they had 175 strikeouts already on the year wow. so there's a lot of strikeouts going on right now around the sec and there's a lot of big time arms in the sec and uh and lsu's got them too man lsu's yeah. got them too and and they're right up there in the strikeout world too you know so that's kind of where you know, the college game always follows the big league game. Everybody knows that. It's always a couple years behind. And 
that's what we've seen at the big league level is, you know, record strikeouts, but record home runs too, mm-hmm. because of, you know, for a lot of different reasons, you know, one reason is they're trying to get the ball in the air a lot more and guys got the uppercut swing and they're swinging and missing a lot, but they're also hitting home runs too. So it's kind of where we are. It's a phase that we're in the game right now. All right. Last thing, Ben, and it was, uh, go back to 1989, teleport yourself back to 1989. I, um, I listened to this game on the radio I'll never forget it. Um, I do another podcast uh, with a group of guys, and we actually had Jim Hawthorne on, and we talked to him about this game in particular. Um, Texas A&M, um, the doubleheader, we we win the doubleheader and we go to Omaha at Texas A&M, best, best team probably ever created Texas A&M that year. Um, you're on deck waiting to hit. And yeah. We don't we don't get to hit and you're mad. Uh, take us back yeah. to that hole and give us the give us the rundown of what happened there because I'll never forget Jim Hawthorne on there saying and Ben McDonald's got a bat in his hand and he is upset. He is so mad. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know I'm a traditionalist and of course I grew up in high school hitting and was a decent hitter. I was pretty good you know, what, you know, with what I did. And so I always loved to hit. I always wanted to get drafted by a National League team where I could go hit, you know. Yeah. And, of course, that never happened. And uh, But, yeah, so I threw game one against A&M, and I threw, I think, six or seven innings. And, you know, we had actually worked. But it wasn't like a fluke of the deal moment. Bertman told me – I started taking fly balls, you know, leading into that series okay. for about a week out in the outfield. So he said, listen, and if we get a lead and you're pitching, I'm going to put you in the outfield. So I can bring I you back. take you out of the game. Yeah. Because if we got it, you know, if we if they start coming back, I got to bring you back in the ball game. Well, oh. sure enough, we got a nice lead. I think we were winning nine to four or something. And he puts me in left field. Uh, but the way the substitution went, whoever I went in for, you know, had just batted. And so I played the seventh, eighth, and top of the ninth, I was on deck, I think it was, at the top of the ninth and, and ready to hit with a bat in my hand. And, of course, uh, they made out, and I think I was upset because I wanted to hit, you know. <laughs> did you throw the bat? I, what did you do? Because I couldn't see it. I, I, might, I might have just kind of popped the helmet in the ground a little bit, you know, and ran back out to left field. But it was fun for me because all I'd ever done at LSU was pitch, and so I got to play a couple of innings, two or three innings out in left field and caught a couple of fly balls, and, yeah. and that was fun, you know. And so – uh, but I yeah, mean, can that you was, can you imagine if a coach time. did this now? I mean, they would get killed for this. I mean, bringing a yep. guy back yep. in again. I mean, yeah, he just raked over the coals. But what did you think? Well, when t- yeah, yeah. What you? Th- a lot of things that you know we just didn't know about arm care as much right. back then as we know now. And, and of course, you know, if I was pitching in today's game, I wouldn't have done the things that I did. Obviously, during my era, which. You know, with some crazy stuff when you think about it. I mean, who throws 152 innings in a collegiate year, you know, and mm-hmm. who pitches nine on Saturday and closes on Sunday five different times, you know, and, <laughs> you know, and who, who accumulates 352 innings uh, in a 16-month period as a 20-year-old, you know, 20, 21-year-old kid, because that's what I did, yeah. you know. But we didn't think anything of it, you know. We just went and did it, and he said, can you pitch? And he's like, damn right, I can go pitch, give me the ball, <laughs> yeah. you know. And, uh, you know, can, can you get me an out? Yeah, well, that's like Texas A&M. I threw seven innings and took three hours off, and, and coach came to me in the second game and it said, hey, can you get me an out in the ninth inning? Can you get the save? I said, just give me the ball, you know. Yeah, and so right. 
you know, we, you know, that's just the way we did it back then. And of course things are a little bit different now and it is what it is, but I don't, I don't fault coach Burton for that. A lot of people say, well, you know, you pitched nine years, you could have pitched 15 years if you would have done all that throwing as an amateur, but you know, I wouldn't change anything for it in the world. And I don't certainly don't blame coach Burton. I was a product of my time. That's what I did. They asked you if you'd go pitch. And I said, damn right. I can go pitch Mm -hmm. the ball. And that was just what we did then, you know? So, uh, any, any thoughts on when Todd Peterson came up in the SEC tournament a couple of years ago and, and raked it? Uh, do you have any, uh, oh my gosh, that could have been me. Yeah. That was like, like a one in a million thing because yeah. I love Todd Peterson, but my man has trouble walking and chewing bubble gum. I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, you know, it's just like there was no way in hell he was going to hit this ball, right? <laughs> but he took a pretty athletic swing at the first one and then he just ran into one. And of course, he's a hell big yeah. boy, 6'4, 230. And when he ran into it, it came off the bat, but you know, he walked around kind of goony out there all the time. I used to watch him, but he'd get on the mound, he'd kind of turn into Superman. But uh-huh. I didn't see that coming. But that's that's a great story because you know he lied to Paul and told Paul, oh, "Yeah, I used to hit all the time in high school." And truth of matter, he didn't hit much at all, you know. And so that's a great story. And uh, I loved I loved Peterson. He was a heck of a competitor, you know. And uh, I'm happy mm-hmm. for him. I hope his big league career, you know, I hope he, he gets going. Yeah, well, I think he's getting some uh, some call up. Uh, hopefully, you know, in a couple of years here. So right. I think he's playing some spring right, tra- training right. right now. All right. So last thing, Coach, um, SC- we're going into the SEC basketball tournament. About to go into the NCAA basketball tournament. Uh, we were talking to John Brady earlier. Like, there's, I know you're a basketball fan. Um, there's one thing. I just feel like this team is missing something this year, and I don't know what it is, but I feel like they're missing, like, maybe um, six, seven, uh, you know, uh, scrappy guy uh, that can kind of hit the floor. Uh, and I'm showing a picture That's of you. That's me right there. That's me on the bench. I spent most of my time on the bench. That's me, you know. It's uh... – you know, you know, I, my freshman year, I actually got to – I started the first seven games of the year as a true freshman because oh, yeah? you probably remember Nikita Wilson. Oh, Nikita Wilson yeah. was out on academic – he was out on academic probation and uh, mm-hmm. and Ricky Blanton had blew up his knee in the preseason. And so I really wasn't supposed to play a whole lot. And I actually had to start the first seven or eight games of the year, which I really enjoyed. And then, uh, of course, Nikita came back, and I was delegated to about 10 minutes a game off the bench, you know. But, uh-huh. look, I loved basketball. It was my favorite sport growing up. You know, I was mm-hmm. probably one of those ADD kids before there was such a thing as ADD. Cause I like to run up down the court, you know. And yep. so, And I was actually higher recruited out of high school to play basketball than baseball, you know. But, man, I got over to LSU, and those boys could dribble it up the court faster than I could run. And then uh, my fastball picked up about seven miles an hour uh, during my freshman year from high school. I started topping out at 97, and uh, I knew at that point if I was going to play at the next level, it was probably going to be baseball. No, you made a good decision, Ben. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think I did. We appreciate your time today. Uh, Hope to have you back on when the baseball season keeps, uh, especially in the SEC uh, play here. So I want to keep you in the uh, fold if we can. Okay, Ben? Yeah, I'd love to do that, man. I'd like to see how our Tigers do. It's a young team, man, but I really think they got a chance, but it's, it's got to come together, you know, and so it's going to be a rough time for them, but it's going to be fun to watch, that's for sure. All right, Ben, we appreciate it. We will talk to you soon, my friend. All right, take care. Good talking to you guys. All right, bud. All right, Ben McDonald here. Um, so You know you kept calling him Coach. 
No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. I called him coach <laughs> several times. Well, I think that's the new thing now. <laughs> I was about to call him. I, I guys call this. guys call other guys coach right. now. I Just found like when I'm talking to like a like a, a, a Ben McDonald level guy. Yeah. I just for some reason coach. I also hey, want to say coach. It's yeah. not. It's not just you. No. Well, he's actually a softball coach, so it makes sense. Yeah, you know, so. I was I was actually just about to ask him uh, before we hung it up. I, I remembered. You remember when I was playing over at uh, in Denham Springs, playing at Pards? Okay. Over there. Yeah. And the 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 age below me, and then the age above Charlie, Ben McDonald coached in that league. Okay. He coached his son in that league. Okay. Uh, I. Completely forgot. Uh, to, uh, yeah, uh, apparently, I think he has a daughter too, and uh-huh. he, yeah, I think he's grown into the game of softball more. That's something we can talk to him about that later was, on. That was the first time I had ever even heard his name was when I saw him in person coaching his son. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, I was like, you know, I was, I was eight years old. Yeah, or right. So, uh, oh, I man. wasn't exactly, uh, you know, up to date on my. When we found out history. we were going to get Ben McDonald on, the first person I called was my dad, and I was like, "Dad, right. you're not going to believe this, but I'm right. getting Ben McDonald on, on the right. podcast." And it's like that's just how we grew. We grew up in that era watching, you know, College World Series games with him yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And I remember all those games vividly. That that whole time period, the eighty there was an eighty nine team. We ended up losing to Oklahoma State a couple of times. And Oklahoma State back then was, like, loaded. They had Robin Ventura. They had Pete Incavelia. They had a guy that hit, like, 40 home runs in a season uh, at Oklahoma State. But um, they – Robin Ventura played – he played uh, pro ball for years. And he had the – in college, he had the all-time – the longest hitting streak in college history. I think it was, like, over 50 games or 60 games or something crazy. Um, but we ended up losing to those guys, but we had like Ben McDonald and we had Chad OJ. These are all like LSU legends, like as a pitching staff and we couldn't get over the hump then, but it was like 91. Like he said, it was like a step-by-step deal. And it was, it's a shame that Ben McDonald never won a college world series because those teams were completely loaded. They just weren't ready yet. Um, and that's what I'm afraid of with this, this season is that, these guys, and I think somebody mentioned in the chat, like they got a lot of swag. They're young, right. got a lot of energy, but like when they hit that wall in the SEC, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, uh, and you know, I've actually I've been thinking the past couple weeks. Uh, I I think it would be okay to be. Um, I'm blanking on the word uh, to just you know be mediocre. O- o- okay with this team not being great yet. Because uh, yeah, I just I just feel like the expectations um, because you this is supposed to be a loaded roster. Uh, everybody's supposed yeah. to be loaded this yeah. year, yeah. and this is technically our loaded roster. Yeah. But how does our but, loaded roster compare to everybody else's loaded rosters? And I think that's how you have to judge it this year. Right. I no, I get that. And but it's it's going to rain down on Palmineri. If but I think the way I'm seeing this roster is like. Yeah, we're going to be lo- we're this is supposed to be our loaded year, mm-hmm. but I think we're going to be loaded next year and I think we're going to be loaded oh, next absolutely. year. Oh, absolutely. And uh, other teams that are loaded, super loaded this year yeah. are not going to be as loaded as us because I'm just seeing all these freaking freshmen. Yeah. Then they're just sick. And I made a mistake um uh, maybe it was a couple of weeks ago when I was talking about Vanderbilt. So they have Kumar Rocker and they have Jack Leiter as a right. one and two. Jack Leiter, I didn't realize he got hurt his freshman year and his his this is actually his, this is his second year. This oh, okay. is his third year, but he's a sophomore, so he's draft eligible. So the uh, the talk okay. is 
Oh, so he's gone. That Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter may go literally one and two in the major Holy league draft. Shit. <laughs> yep. So they're like that. Jaden Hill may go in the top five, top ten. So is this a situation where you pitch Jaden Hill on Sunday? You don't need uh, yeah, I, you know, I, right? Friday, and we Saturday. talked about this. Marceau's pitching better than Hill right now. True. Yeah. Um, it, it, I think that you I know, think we're only three weeks in, but yeah, dude. This year, this, this is kind of why it brings me to this Dylan Cruz stuff. Is you need every run you can freaking get. Yeah. Every run you need every win you can freaking get. Yeah. And if the, if you see an opportunity where you need to move Hill to a, a Sunday, and I understand it messes up your rotation a little bit, but if you see that opportunity because it's going to give you a win, I think you need to take it, especially if you have somebody like Marceau that's pitching so well. You need to you need to be very flexible this year, especially yeah. with COVID. And, There's and still COVID out there. I mean, I, know, I understand people getting vaccines, but you may have somebody get popped with COVID, and you need to be flexible. And, you know, I don't know a coach less flexible than Paul Maneri. I really don't. Uh, he he's so set in what he wants to do all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why that's why when I talk about Dylan Cruz, I'm I'm almost thinking about it the same way I think about Josh Gray uh, for mm-hmm. LSU, where I'm like, you know what, I'm just gonna give up because I just don't think he's gonna change. Uh, the the great thing is Dylan Although Josh Gray played a little bit against right, Missouri. but the great thing is Dylan Cruz is gonna be here for three years. So true, we we get true. to we I think that's the beauty of college baseball and actually. College college basketball should have done this a long time ago. You can either leave out of high school and go straight to the NBA, or you stay three years in college do basketball. We know, do we know whether he'll be a draft-eligible sophomore? I don't know. I have to look at his age. It's about his age. We'll get him to send, a, send us that. Yeah, let us that, know that. that BC. Yeah, we'll we'll find out. Yeah. We'll find out. Uh-huh. We may have an in with Dylan Cruz. Hey. hey. Um, so anyway. throw up an O. Yes, yeah, so we told him the next time he – I don't know. The game's going on right now. He may have done it. Um, uh, <laughs> it let us know in the chat if Dylan – has Dylan Cruz hit a home run? He's supposed to throw up an O for one team, one podcast if he does. So. forgot we were playing um, right now. But anyway, uh, we – yeah. Anybody has any other uh, questions for us? I I really um, – Zero, zero. So. Zero, zero. So, no. Yeah. It's top of the second. I could talk to Ben McDonald. I could talk to John Brady and Ben McDonald for days. So yeah. um, I want to get these guys back on again. And we do. We do. Chris Landry's in the chat. I know we need to get a, um, a Durante Jones Bourbon Club with all these guys and kind of uh, get them out and let's uh, some have some maybe in the backyard even like uh, you know we can even do like a little cigar night with these guys and just do a round table and just shoot the shoot the shit. I think that's. Um, that's the way to go with these guys in the future um you know it's been over an hour um anything else you want to go over tonight i know so we may have uh jake marsh coming on next week uh, with barstool for those who don't know uh his his story is kind of interesting because i was following him before he was with barstool Mm -hmm. um he was um he was with Vermont. He was like the post. He did the post game show for Vermont. <laughs> okay. Uh, but John Rothstein mm-hmm. would always uh, retweet him and put and and post him and say Jake Marsh, period the future, period. Okay. And it was just uh, it you know how uh, and it just John, turned into John Rothstein just makes up these nicknames for right everyone right. in college basketball yeah and so when he would follow Vermont it would always be about Jake Marsh. Uh, and then Jake Marsh, by you know his association with John Rothstein, 
ended up getting a job with part of my take uh and they have their own podcast with barstool now okay um, uh barstool bench mob i think it's what it's called yes and it's him uh rico bosco and uh marty mush and it's, uh those three well it's not it's not been mince too now it's been mince on the show yeah now? i think all four of them are on there now if oh, i'm not I mistaken did, i didn't know he's doing the show now i'm I, maybe i might recent. be i might be wrong that might but, be very recent but uh yeah it, it, that would be awesome if Ben Mintz is on the show. Well, and they all have um, they all have "Don't Be a Dick" uh, t-shirts coming to them as well. So right. I think we're going to have them all uh, outfitted with right. one team one podcast apparel. Uh, Jude is in the chat saying "All American Third Baseman Will Hel- Helmers is on the mound." Get it? All American Third Baseman. That's a great tweet, Jude. I might steal that and make a tweet. Somebody's going to get mad at me. I'm sure. Jude, Jude said, "Jack's right." I love that. That's that's my Jack's favorite. right. That's my we could be in words. for a delayed gratification year. Uh, yeah. Ellie has made it into the chat. Uh, this is Ellie May, the uh, mascot of One Team One Podcast. She can't hear anything, guys. She's deaf, so don't even try. She's deaf. Uh, she's she's handicapped. Uh, we appreciate everybody checking in with us tonight. Uh, we appreciate our sponsors, first of all. Uh, courtesy Buick GMC, uh, Brandon Lejean, fantastic guy in Lafayette. You guys need a vehicle, uh, reach out to Brandon at Courtesy Buick GMC. I don't care where you are located, um, but he can get it for you and he can deliver it to you. And it's all about convenience at this point for those guys. Also, Bear Process Safety, Adam Barry at Bear Process Safety. Anybody that's in the uh, plant or industrial uh, arena, give um, your, if you can, give your operations guys Bear Process Safety. Um, bear Adam will get you set up. Um, he'll take care of all the safety protocols, everything like that, and set up your guys, uh, with, with everything that you need to get. Um, ether insurance, uh, Adam Emirato. I just went and did a, um, old fashioned tasting with Adam Emirato last night. Check that out on our YouTube. Uh, we went to Soji and we went to Doze. Um, Doze is not happy with me. I can tell you that right now. They just don't like that. I, um, not yeah you know uh williams about to be in town so we'll okay we'll get william to come we'll have to talk to william about it uh ether insurance get a quote on uh it's uh, a-e-t-h-e-r-i-n-s dot com you can put your quote in for those guys uh that's home life auto commercial any kind of insurance needs you have there was a guy that i was sitting there with uh adam yesterday and a guy actually uh sent him a text saying I have a Bitcoin mining company and I need to get it insured. Nice. And Adam was like, Love to hear it. I think we can. <laughs> <laughs> Let me check. I just downloaded Robinhood yesterday. I do too. I have it. Yeah. yeah? Okay. Yeah. I have it. Yeah. I'm I'm uh, to the moon guy. I, I invested one dollar. Okay. One dollar. I haven't decided what I'm gonna invest it in yet. But I don't have any money right now. So Okay. Well, you're just on credit then, right? Exactly. Um that's good. Um I decided now's the time. Now's the time. Everything's to the moon, baby. Yeah. Um, also, uh, bogeys. Want to give a big shout out yeah. to Clayton at Bogies. We'll be back over at Bogies soon. We'll do a live stream from there. Yeah. Um, go check those guys out. With these new protocols in place, I think they can open back up a little bit more. So check those guys out over there. I mean, these I I know it's Bogies guys, and I'm old. I'm 42, but you got to help these guys out. Um, we've really got to help out bars and restaurants right now. Bars, especially the ones that can't serve food, dude, they've just been closed. They've just been closed the whole time. 
you got to help these guys out. At least go in there and get a drink. Uh, it would really, it would, we would really appreciate it. Tell them one team, one podcast brought you, and Clayton will probably hook you up. But and it's Louisiana, you can get it to go. It's no big yeah, thing. who cares? We'll put it in a cup. Uh, so we appreciate those guys. We'll be back out there uh, soon as well. Um, lots of rain watches as well, so you'll hear that on the um, on the live stream. Um, but also check out our YouTube page. Um, been posting a lot of stuff on YouTube, like, and subscribe if you can. Um, also, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, obviously, and now Twitch. So we're on Twitch as well. We'll have the audio set up on, uh, Spotify and Apple, uh, coming up probably either tonight or tomorrow. And I'll get that over there for you. Uh, anything else you got? Uh, go Tigers. Go Tigers. Uh, <laughs> we one, don't ever say go Tigers. Huh? We don't ever say go Tigers. No, well, we got we have the Coach O to say it for us. Um, all right. One team, one podcast. Logan out. We showed you what the GOAT was last year when we beat y'all 50 to 7. Relax, big boy. Yeah, they did a good job. Mm-hmm. Really good. Yeah. Why is he so fat? We'll team one podcast. We'll team one podcast. We'll team one podcast. We'll team one Oh, that's fine. I can go days for him. Yeah. I mean, I figured you two had a lot more to talk about than I would have to say. That's fine. <sighs> the only thing I needed was, and you did you did good with this, was when I'm dealing with these other problems, I'm going to say, or no, I'm going to say, hey, what do you think about, uh, what, what else do you want to talk about with LSU baseball? And then I'm like, right. I, I just need you to fill it up. Like, because <laughs> I was going to be sitting there typing shit. No, I understand.